is Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Let's just take a moment. Let's just, just divert all of your affections towards him. The way to do that is to just divert your mind, your thoughts, your imagination, everything. Let's just, just in his presence, just, just, just stand, sit, kneel, whatever, just for a moment. Holy Spirit, we recognize you're here, so we just want to acknowledge you. Some of us sense your presence. Some of us, our feeler may not be working very well today, but nonetheless, you are here. So we choose to say, Holy Spirit, we do not resist you. We do not quench you. We do not grieve you. We do not put out your fire. Uh, we don't believe everything we feel. We don't believe everything we think, but your word says the whole earth is filled with your presence. So you're here, and so we recognize. And what we will not do is allow our feelings to dictate the level of encounter we will have. Instead, we will just press in because your word declares you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So today, as we look to your word, Father, um, and in a moment, as we look to encounter you, Jesus, through the work and power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that today people who um, are seeking you, Jesus, through the gift of praying in the Spirit, that, that today um, their hunger would be satisfied. For those who already see the deep value in praying in a language that offends the mind, the Father, today you would take us uh, to a place and anchor us deep in how profound that gift is, even if we don't fully understand. Help us not to confuse um, tongues and, and gifts and all of those things with you, Jesus. It, it all directs us and points us to you. So work, at, work among us today. We ask. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, what we're going to do today, guys, I'm going to speak for about 10 minutes, and then we're going to just uh, come into a time of prayer and worship. Again, I want to just um, maybe give you, uh, maybe take two minutes and talk about what we talked about yesterday. So yesterday, we were in Acts chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. They heard them declare the wonders of God in a language they could all understand. If you weren't here yesterday, uh, I'd encourage you to listen if, if it's even posted online. I'd encourage you to listen to it because I don't have time to get into what we talked about yesterday. We looked at the Apostle Paul and, and his, his, his life in the city of Ephesus. And really when it comes to being 
filled with the Holy Spirit, when it comes to a Pentecostal spirituality, there are many attributes, but one of the attributes of Pentecostal spirituality is just this radical willingness to unlearn. Whether it's in the first century or the 21st century, a radical willingness to unlearn. That there are socialization patterns that govern how we interact with spiritual realities, and one of which is language. And so we looked at, even though Pentecostalism is much more than tongues, I need to say that again, because church history is filled with heresies, abuses, outlandish assumptions like uh, you have to speak in tongues to be saved. Um, This is not a conversation on what is the initial physical evidence. This is not a conversation on, this is just about the fact that of all things for God to do, when he poured his Holy Spirit out, he took something that would have been very familiar to everybody and in a moment, he reinvented it. So a Pentecostal spirituality brings with it a radical willingness to unlearn what we know and at times to unlearn what we think we know. So although Pentecostalism is much more than tongues, Because there have been abuses in the past, sometimes we don't talk about how profound it is to be able to pray in a spiritual language. The gift of tongues and then the interpretation of those tongues is different than the gift of praying in the Spirit. The gift of tongues is not necessarily a gift everybody will be used in, if I can use that language, but praying in the Spirit is is a gift is a promise for everybody. Ephesians is clear, be filled with the filling of the Spirit. Um, An ongoing continuum, if you will, it's certainly not a suggestion. It, It really is a commandment. And it really drives us toward this encounter with Jesus that is after our salvation experience. Pentecostal spirituality is a construal tied to Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 2, we see language reinvented by the Spirit. And although there are other instances in Acts chapter 17, for the sake of clarity, we see through the Holy Spirit, God becomes translated to a culture. In Acts chapter 2, the fire that rests upon their heads, although that means a dozen different things depending upon what books you're reading, one of the things that would have meant to the Jews who were in the room, it would have obviously reminded them of uh, the holiness of God, the inaccessible presence of God, the, 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 the essence of sacrifice, the altar, the, the atonement that is made through sacrifice that we, we approach the one who dwells in inapproachable light um, now through Christ because uh, we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with us in our time of weakness. Therefore, we, we can obviously approach the throne of grace with boldness. But the fire that rested upon them, it's much more than allegory. It's much more than just something cute that God did. It would have meant a lot to somebody who was very familiar with the sacrificial system. And it's interesting that in that moment, we see the work of the Holy Spirit tied to first and for, to talk about Pentecostal spirituality uh, apart from Jesus and the kingdom of God and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and consecration, the conversation's delinquent. It's all of that and more. 
But in Acts 2, we see the fire present um, luring us into the importance of holiness. And then Peter, out of that holy encounter with God, becomes very practical. And so we see that the more spiritual we are, the more practical we become. And our Pentecostal experience, if it does not work in the marketplace, it's inferior. If God lights our head on fire and we can't come in contact with unbelievers who have a, a quest embedded in their heart and everybody is asking what they asked in Acts 2, what does this mean? People look at the sky, what does this mean? People look at their family, what does this mean? Uh, God has written eternity on the hearts of men. That's what it says in Ecclesiastes. And although everybody is asking, what does this mean? A Pentecostal understands that in the presence of the holy God, we become thoroughly practical and we can translate God to people we come in contact with. It is a construct tied to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 17, it is not a belief system. It is a way of living. It is a worldview, a paradigm, if you will. That means that when we are Pentecostal, we are polycultural when it comes to humanity, but we are monocultural when it comes to God. Harvey Cox said this. He said, if our faith does not impact the metropolis, our God is merely a private fetish, or patron of a congenial group. Gregory of Nyssa said it this way, referring to Pentecostals. The, the spirit is a living and a substantial and distinctly subsisting kingdom with which the only begotten Christ is anointed and is the king of all that is. What is he saying? He is saying that Christ is the king and the spirit is the kingdom. Could it be that when we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, it's an invitation to give the Holy Spirit permission to meddle in our way of life, even if it makes us uncomfortable, like reinventing our language. So, why do I pray in the Spirit? Yesterday, I, I told you I'd give you just a few quick reasons, and then we're going to pray. This list is not exhaustive, and I understand I take a risk when saying this because there are some things I should say that I don't have time to say. So really quick, a few reasons why I pray in the Spirit. Number one, I pray in the Spirit because we pray mysteries. A spiritual language is valuable because we pray mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14.2, we utter mysteries to God. One of the Greek words for miracle in the New Testament is mysterion, mysteries. God entrusts us with mystery, things that we don't understand, but we refuse for our circumstance to dictate our theology. And our heart accumulates mysteries over life. God, if you're sovereign, why was I molested? God, if you answer prayer, why did my dad die? All of these mysteries that we have, and oftentimes God does not explain our mysteries. He entrusts them to us. But all of those mysteries can accumulate in our heart. And when we pray, in a spiritual language, we utter mysteries to God. It's something I don't fully understand, but some of the most profound truths were never intended to just be understood. 
rather intended to be embraced and practiced. I pray in the Spirit because we utter mysteries to God. Secondly, I pray in the Spirit because we pray in the tongues of angels. At the risk of being accused of being a mystic, I do want to be clear, to worship angels is foolish, to pray to angels is foolish, but to ignore their role in the life of the believer is equally as foolish. 1 Corinthians 13.1, if I pray in the tongues of angels but have not love, I'm a, I'm a resounding gong. What, what's that saying? It, it is conceivable that when we pray in a spiritual language, and again, we've got to be careful not to add to what the word says. Like I've heard people say all the time, when you pray in tongues, the devil doesn't understand what you're praying. It goes straight to God. Boy, that sounds great, and I'm sure that sells a lot of green hankies on Christian television, but it, it's really not in the Bible, and it re- I frankly don't care if the devil knows what I'm praying because he's not the object of my affection, right? Like, he can sit around and listen all he wants. Like, who cares? But, but we've got to be careful not to come up with these cute, you know, quips and quotes that make it sound deep. Let's just let the text speak for itself, but it is clear in 1 Corinthians, it's conceivable that when we pray in a spiritual language, we could very well utter um, an angelic tongue. What's, what's the point? Uh, could it be that maybe God doesn't like to do things alone? And we know that angels ascend and descend. We know that they are his servants of fire. And we know that God could do things on his own, but he chooses to use angels to do his bidding because he doesn't like to do things alone. Could it be that God invites us into the conversation, and when we pray in the Spirit, there is a form of communication that takes place with angels. Again, we have to leave it there because if we're not careful, we begin to add to what Scripture says, but I'm just saying that's what it says. There's a reason why it's included in the canon of Scripture. We pray in the tongues of angels. Psalm 91, verse 11, he will command his angels concerning you. The third reason I pray in the Spirit, we build ourselves in the faith, Jude 20. Praying in the Spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. The language used there is an architectural term. It's possible to build layers. You may, you may be a first-story building in the Spirit today, but in 10 years, you could be a 100-story building. How many of you know that changes your perspective? At the top of the Empire State Building, your perspective is different than when you're walking the streets. Could it be that when we pray in the Spirit, we, we glean a divine perspective that is unavailable just by reading books and just by listening to podcasts? Maybe, just maybe, when we pray in the Spirit, we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, and all of a sudden, we see what He sees. Sometimes He likes to let us in on the secret. Maybe praying in the Spirit is a key to that. That's one of the reasons I pray in the Spirit. Another reason, we practice a form of mental solitude. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 through 16, I pray in the spirit, but I also pray in the understanding. That means there's a time that you can engage your brain in prayer. God, I I pray that you would bless my daughter. I'm using my brain. And when I pray in the spirit, I pray with the spirit. And it's, it's conceivable that we practice a form of mental solitude. That idea is not original with me. I don't remember where it came from. It's just in my brain, and I can't get rid of it. But I've been studying these three verses over and over and over again, and I just see, is there, is there a, an, an opportunity for our brain to experience a Sabbath when we pray in the Spirit? One of the ways you can train yourself is to read a book and pray in tongues at the same time. The Bible says to exercise yourself toward godliness. 
So you can train your spirit just like you can train your body. If you start running, it may take you longer to run five miles today, but in six months, if you stick with it, your time will be better. Just like you can train your body, you can train your spirit. And one of the things I'll do is I will just pray in the spirit and read a book. And it's amazing how your comprehension remains high and yet you're building your spirit up in your most holy faith. I'm sure there are better ideas, but that's something I found that works for me in the last 22 years I've known the Lord. The fifth reason, and I'm almost done, why I pray in the Spirit, we unearth treasure predestined to be discovered. I'll say that again. We unearth treasure predestined to be discovered. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. It's clear that the Spirit does help help us in our time of weakness. For He prays through us. Now, I want to be clear. There are some things that are going to happen whether you pray or not. Okay? You can pray all you want for Lucifer to get saved. That's not happening. It's written in the book. You can pray all you want for um, everybody's name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, that's a sincere, but that's not going to happen. But there are some things that will happen no matter what. There are some things that, this is my language, are predestined to occur in response to whether or not you will pray or not. Theologians would say you have free will. I like to to capture that in prayer. Because it's not like God is an open theist. He knows what's happening tomorrow. And yet there are some things that he will do purely in response to your prayer. And it's imperative that we get this because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So for some of you, some of you, you're hoping God sovereignly anoints you. And I'm just telling you, I'm not going to live my life and hope that God does that. Instead, I will diligently pursue him. And he is a rewarder of those of us who will do that. There are some treasures he buries in the field. And the only way to discover them is through the life of prayer. And so if we are spiritually lazy, there are treasures that will remain hidden. But if we will pray, and there are times we don't know how to pray when we pray in the Spirit, they can be found. That's the fifth reason I pray in the Spirit, Romans 8, 26 through 28. I'm going to stop here for the sake of time. What we'd like to do today, candidly, is just give, give you an opportunity for a few things. I'm going to ask everybody to stand to their feet. The team is going to come. What we're going to do, and, and we have built in plenty of time, and I just want to be clear, we're certainly not going to hype this up. We're not going to try to have a hyper-sensational moment. And at the same time, we're Pentecostal. Therefore, we understand it's okay to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God loves it when we love him with our affections and emotions. And that's what we're going to do today. And so what I want to do is this. Pentecostalism is not all about tongues. I get that. But there is immense value in a spiritual language. Praying in a spiritual language. And in a room like this, I know there are students who are wide open to encountering Jesus through that experience. And let's just be a family today. Let's not judge one another. Let's not look up and down the aisle. Let's just be a family. So I want to give an invitation, and the invitation would be twofold. Number one, if you're in the room and you say, you know what, I've never encountered Jesus through Um, the concept of praying in a spiritual language. 
And I'm, I'm wide open. I'm just open. As a Pentecostal, I possess a radical openness to God. If God can reinvent language, he can fill me with a spiritual language. I'm just open. We're not saying repeat after me. Nobody's going to put their hands on you and try and push you down. We're just saying, are you open? And I believe some of you are. And then many of us in the room, we've encountered Jesus through that experience. And it's okay to call it an experience. We know that we are commanded to be filled with the filling of the Spirit. And the reality is maybe just maybe today you realize how important it is to pray in the Spirit. And maybe you would just say, God, you know what? I want to commit myself to you. I, I want to put into practice this amazing concept that's all over your word. I want to pray mysteries. Maybe some of you, you're really struggling right now. The best thing you can do is pray in the Spirit. Maybe for some of you, you, you've got a burden that's so big, you just can't even find the words to pray. It's okay, you can pray in the Spirit. And the list goes on and on and on. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna worship. And if that's you today, and you say, you know what, I would like to receive prayer. I would like to encounter Jesus through praying in the Spirit. It's not about tongues, it's about Jesus. But let's not ignore the fact that he gives us a spiritual language. If you just say, I'm open, or if you're in the room and you say, you know what, I've encountered Jesus through that experience, but I just wanna say, God, I wanna be open. I wanna be a person who prays in a spiritual language as a Pentecostal. If you can reinvent language, what else do you wanna reinvent in my life? So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to respond. And I'm going to ask you to slip from wherever you are. If you fall into one of those two camps, I want prayer for, or I want to continue to operate in a radical openness to God with a spiritual language. I just want to invite you to come. Just come. And as you come, just direct your attention towards God. And, and just right where you're at, as you come, you just talk to God in your own language. If, you're, if you want, you can pray in a spiritual language. If you want to encounter Jesus through that, then you can just ask, God, I'm open. And before anybody prays for you, you just come and you talk to God on your own. And some of you can encounter Jesus through a spiritual language without anybody praying for you. And in a moment, We'll do what scripture says, and we'll just gently lay a hand on you and pray for you in that regard. So go ahead, team. Let's just lift up our voice. Let's pray. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's seek God diligently. Let's practice here what we can do in our dorm room. Let's practice here what we can do in our car. Just consecrate this moment. Holy Spirit, come. You're here, but come. Jesus. Jesus. Konda meke panda masonda meke pire. Jesus. Konda meke pere. Konda meke para. I'm open, Lord. I'm just open, whatever you want. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to invite the faculty and the team here at North Central to just begin to make your way through. And we'll, we'll just assume that anybody who has slipped to the aisle or to the front is wanting prayer for one of two things. Either they want to encounter Jesus with a spiritual language or... They've done so, and they're just saying, God, I want more, okay? So if the team here at North Central, just make your way through, and let's, out of obedience to Scripture, lay hands on people and just pray, okay? They received the Spirit when they laid hands on them. Let's just move through. Let's go after God, y'all. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Conda Mikipede. Jesus. I'm open, God. Jesus.